Happiness runs in a circular motion. Thought is like a little boat upon the sea. Hello, and welcome to Campfires and Color Wars, a podcast about summer camps and the stories we love to tell about them. Like the time David Berkman removed the entire contents of Scott Nagel's staff cabin and replaced it with hay and an actual sheep. <laughs> I'm Micah Hart, alongside my co-host Sarah Ballen. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Micah. And for the next 45 minutes or so, we want to press pause on the world we live in and transport back to the days of our adolescence when the school year was just one long rest hour between days at camp. In uh, today's episode, it's actually we're we're trying something new. Uh, we we uh, we had a really good conversation with uh, this episode's guests, and it went on a little bit longer uh, than our typically long conversations go. So we are splitting this up into uh, a two part episode. Um, but given that this is dropping right around April Fool's Day, uh, which is a wonderful day for pranks or a terrible day for pranks, depending if on how you, you like look at pranks. It. If you like pranks, it's a great day. If you're a fifth grade teacher, I'm just grateful that April Fool's Day is on a Saturday because when April Fool's Day falls Monday through Friday, a teacher's life is a living hell. Let me just tell you, especially a fifth grade teacher's life. I'm just saying. You know, the thing the thing to me about April Fool's Day is it's like Valentine's Day to me now, which is to say, like, if you really care, pull a prank on someone on a different day. They're expecting a prank on April Fool's Day. Do it okay. when they're not expecting it. It's, it's much more meaningful that way. So friends of Micah, watch out for April 2nd. That's right. So that's why I always pull pranks on Valentine's Day. No, um, yeah, so we thought uh, it'd be fun to talk about camp pranks uh, because it's such a fruitful topic. That I'll say this. It seems like, I mean, again, based on the conversation that you'll hear later in the episode, uh, this seems like another topic that we could probably go back to several times uh, for, for oh, yeah. episodes. Everybody because... has stories. So I put it out on Facebook today um, and it was kind of late notice. I kind of got a late start on sort of asking for stories. But once I did, it was like a flood of hilarity that was on my feed. So there's like you and most of these are green family camp stuff and a few just sort of like classic ones from from other people. But um, from people that I went to camp with, and of course, as you'll hear later in the episode, I'm not a prankster. Um, we stole the <laughs> flagpole in the middle of a lightning storm. That was from Yehudi. Um, my friend Ricky said that um, this guy Craig would wake one of his campers up, tell them that they had stopped breathing, and then remind them to breathe while they sleep. And then he, oh, and then he did ask, God. "Is is camper torture the same thing as pulling a prank? And I said, kind of. Oh, I mean, that's actually. There's a, there's a fine line between like. Uh, you know. I'm going to I'm going to weigh in on this. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say those are two <laughs> separate things. Um, OK, because camper torture, which is another topic I would love to dive in on with somebody. <laughs> which on ever using the word, like, let's just be clear for anybody who doesn't know that we're using the words camper torture very like metaphorically sure. like very figuratively like it is not literally uh, although well although one of the stories that our, our guest tells in this episode <laughs> yeah that's borderline torture um i uh no i think messing fucking with campers is a separate category than than pulling pranks in okay. my in my All opinion right. Noted for a future episode. Noted. Um, my friend Jennifer Kaplan, she's like, so many. The chairs on the roof of the dining hall. I like this one. They laid out the clothes on their on their bed. The girls laid out the clothes on their bed, and the boys laid out clothes on their bed. And then they switched places in the middle of the night and then dressed like each other for the whole rest of the day. I think that's clever. That's cute, right? Is that a prank? 
It's kind of a prank, yeah. If you dress it's a prank like on, each like, other, that's not a prank. That's well, just it's a like prank a. On, like, that's all a, of the other camp. Like all the girls were dressed like the boys, ca- boys, and all the boys were dressed like girls. It's kind of like a silly, silly. Uh, uh, I guess if the prank is sort of on the staff, then yeah. Like, okay, all right. I'll uh, judge. Michael okay. will allow it. Okay, they, and then they, this person, Jennifer tagged her counselors and said, our counselor, they were all really surprised. So that was kind of fun. Um, my friend Tara Levy is like, putting all the pool chairs in the pool was funny until we had to take them all out. Yeah, and that's always the worst. The worst is when you have to clean up after the prank. Ugh, like shaving cream, toilet paper, just stay away from it because you're going to have to put it back for sure. Um, of course, like ghost stories and boys leaping out screaming, those kinds of things. Um, Michelle Black Frankfurt, she says, what about that time we threw all the silverware in the pool? That was funny, I think. Wait, no, I don't think it was very funny. I don't remember anything else because it was 1987. (laughs) Um, Can I ask ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like we discussed gender roles and gender stereotypes. Uh, you know, it's kind of an under, undercurring theme on a lot of these uh, episodes. Do you think that boys are... Yes, 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 okay. yes. I think, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. okay, moving on, moving on. Yes. All right, this was... Actually, I was here the summer that this one... So my friend Mark, he he reminded me of this. And this was actually really bad. This is like prank turns like really horrible so someone like you know in the well in our like in our staff kitchen at the time you could leave food and you like every cabin or staff member had like a cabinet with their name on it and you could lock it up but sometimes people didn't have locks and people stole people's food from the refrigerator and from the cabinets and so to get back at the people who were stealing the food Mark reminded me that someone on staff laced brownies with X-lax and left them unattended in the staff lounge, knowing that people were going to eat them. And little did they know that the camp director, Louie, would eat one or two and spend the next day in the bathroom. And there was an emergency staff meeting that night. I forget who did it. I don't know if anybody's listening. You can remind me of the details, but um, that was, I was there that summer. That was not cool. Was that all. the summer I mean, that Dumb and Dumber came out? The movie Dumb and Dumber? Is that inspired it, by did that? Did that happen? Yeah, maybe. I some don't know. Ver- some version of that. That's not funny. When you're messing with people's intestines, it's not funny. I, I have to um, agree with that. that and and here, here's kind of like my, my favorite. Um, this is great. This is from, I, I'm going to leave out his last name, but this is David. And uh, David and I worked at camp together and David now runs his own camp. So um, at at a camp, which I understand he does not allow pranks. So David does not allow pranks at his camp yet. This is what he writes. And I read this to you earlier and you're like, it sounds like poetry. And so it kind of, I'm going to read it like it's a poem. I know nothing. Nothing about the porta potty in front of a staff cabin door position. So the staff cabin led into the porta potty hell. I know nothing, nothing of hanging an entire staff cabin, furniture and all from the Alpine Tower. I know nothing, nothing of filling the tub in one of the staff cabins and putting four ducks in it. I do know that ducks poop an absolutely amazing amount when they are scared, just FYI. I know nothing, nothing of borrowing Louis's car, putting it on blocks and hanging the tires as swings in front of the dining room. He knows nothing. I think that title is I Know Nothing. I mean, and I think actually he knows everything about all of those things. I think he needs to submit that to some sort of poetry <laughs> content. We got to get we got to get Abigail 
uh, on the horn, uh, our previous yes. guest, Abigail, Abigail Wellhouse, uh, to, uh, to, to comment on whether or not that would qualify for some, for some, uh, for some poetry, because that's so that was pretty, funny. pretty eloquently said. And, um, uh, and Ben who, uh, who chimed in at a lot of this stuff, he just says, when in doubt, deny, deny, deny. I think that could actually be the last line of the poem. They yeah. could like co co Yeah. If we could give you a note, uh, maybe, <laughs> Yeah. So I think that's, that's really funny. And then, um, a friend of mine who I never worked at camp with, um, but, uh, she, she didn't want to put this like publicly on Facebook, but she wrote to me privately and she talked about, and I don't know how this would exactly work, but they made jello in busing tubs, like those big, like, like dish tubs and then replaced mattress a mattress with those tubs and then made the bed with a person's sheet so when the person got in bed they guess they slept on jello or something i don't know man that is elaborate it is i like Uh, that yeah there's a uh, this is another um well this didn't involve a sheep like the opening but with a goat taking all the goats on the tennis court and playing be a man from mulan on repeat i don't know what those two have to do with each other but that's really funny like anything having to do with animals is really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's very that's very uh, out, that's very abstract. Yeah, and I guess like and so Louis was a camp director and I guess people really like to mess with him cuz she also talked about how they like took all the furniture out of his his office and filled it with balloons and then <laughs> turned it into a stars in the sky gazing room and they like moved all of his decorations and things around. So, um I guess you know what we we're going to talk later in the episode is like is a prank does pranking equal love? And I think in this case like if, if they're pranking Louie, everybody loves Louie. And Louie is an amazing, amazing sport. So I feel like if you can't beat him, I guess you just have to join him. I wonder if Louie actually ever pulled any pranks on anybody or if he just was the prank E. But um, those were some from Green Family Camp. And uh, I think people really enjoyed sort of like revisiting uh, prank memory lane. Yeah. And definitely for our listeners out there, feel free to... Send us in uh, your your prank stories. Uh, perhaps we can put together a compendium. We can post on the blog. Uh, I will add so uh, before uh, Sarah before you get to uh, introducing our uh, our guests for for this episode. Um, we uh, we love hearing from uh, from our listeners, uh, and we love your your feedback and your comments on stuff, and we love uh, sharing it. Um, and we would only ask uh, that if you are listening, uh, to please go on iTunes uh, and give us a rating or give us a review, so that uh, more and more people who uh, went to camp with us uh, can listen to it uh, and join in on all the fun. Uh, apparently this is something that every podcast I listen to does, Yeah. but they always do it at like the very beginning and we always do it at the very end. And so every episode I'm like, Oh, remember to say something about asking people to rate or review. So here's my attempt to do that. Uh, but please, uh, we, you know, definitely if you're listening uh, and yeah. enjoying it, uh, you know, share, share us out there so we can, uh, we can have some more, more fun, uh, episodes down the road but with that uh, Sarah do you want to you want to take us into tonight's episode yeah so um our listeners will know that I am a teacher and I work um at an elementary school that has also a middle school and a high school and there's a new teacher this year and um her name is Sarah Marks and when I asked around and started telling people at school what I was doing and that I had a podcast and does anybody have a microphone that I could borrow thanks St. Andrews for lending me your microphone um 
they're like, oh, you have got to talk to Sarah Marks. Sarah Marks loves camp. She will talk about camp. She goes to camp. She lives for camp. And so I ran into her actually when we were doing the camp couple episode. And because um, people had told me that uh, her husband was also a camp person or I Maybe I was trying to see if she was married to a camp person or a non-camp person. And um, anyway, so I told her about it, and she started listening. And when we had an opportunity to do a prank show, she jumped at the chance. And I'm so glad that she did because um, she and her husband, Michael, who went to Boy Scout camp, Sarah went to uh, Sierra Vista in Hunt, Texas, and um, Michael went to Boy Scout camp in Missouri. And uh, they're going to tell us all about it. But like you said earlier, they could have um, they could have talked for a really long time. And we laughed a lot uh, while we were recording this episode. So it's, we we had so much fun. We're going to like Micah said, we're going to break it into two parts. Um, and uh, we hope that you sort of like this trip down memory lane. And uh, maybe it stirs some memories of your pranks and um, some fun stuff that you guys did at camp. So uh, here is our interview with. Sarah and Michael. Enjoy. So Sarah, tell us about your 14 years at Camp Sierra Vista in Hunt, Texas. Uh, I started my 14 years there when I was 10. I uh, often am very bitter and upset that my, that my parents didn't start me sooner because I could have started at the early age of six, and I was very upset that I couldn't. Um, but I started going when I was 10, and the kind of it, the whole reason I ended up going to Sierra Vista was that my dad worked as a counselor at Rio Vista, the brother camp. Um, Rio Vista has been around since the 19, the early 1920s, and then they started the girls' camp Sierra Vista in the 1980s. Is this like a camp across the lake situation like we've talked about so many times before on this podcast? Um, it's it's actually, it's a, a camp on the same property along this amazing stretch of the Guadalupe River. I have uh, been to nearly all of the camps out there now because I, my in some of my final years there, I actually was the girls camp director. Um, and what I, you know, I got to go visit all the different camps in the off season. And I'm not just saying this cause I'm biased. We actually have, I think maybe one of the best stretches of the Guadalupe river I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, it, they're right next to each other. They all sit on the same property and the dining hall and the tennis courts kind of run through the middle. And there are a few things that are on the boys side that the girls will use for like activities during the day. And then there are a few things on the girls' side that the boys will go over for just during for activities during the day. But otherwise, you know, they they stay split, but we do a few things together, um, which the girls always love. You, but we never do activities with the boys, which I prefer. I, I like when it's got a little bit of a separation just for girls to be girls. Um, so yeah, yeah, we've talked about that on the podcast before, the advantages of like an all-girls camp and sort of you know, what that means for girls' development. Yeah, I don't yes. like it. I don't like anything about it. Uh, what uh, what were the fraternization um, options? Was it like you had oh, a, a weekly the, dance kind of thing, or was it just like, oh, people were sneaking out and going to visit each other? The number one as a camper for meeting up with your camp beau was the infirmary. Because <laughs> this is a insane sickness. I love that. Everybody, everybody would... Everybody would go up to the in uh, infirmary at the at night because it was 
you know, you had to go take your night meds or something. And, and it would just be a very convenient place for you to run into the camp love of your life. And my, one of my best friends, um, she had her, uh, first kiss with her camp boyfriend at the infirmary. Very romantic. (laughs) That I will never forget that being like, Oh, that does not, that sounds weird. We kissed in the infirmary. (laughs) A camp girlfriend of mine, uh, I'll I'll say names, Amanda Abrams, uh, I, I was I had the pleasure, uh, if you will, of being her first kiss, and it was super romantic. It was right next to the dumpster behind the dining hall. Oh my God. <laughs> it must have been very fragrant. I, I, I mean, it was you know it was pretty spectacular uh, as first kisses go. I mean, what could be more romantic than the dumpster behind the dining hall? <laughs> I, that's a great question. That's oh, how question. I wish we could have been in the infirmary. <laughs> Oh, oh, those times. Yeah. And another one of my friends, like as as people got older, you know, it became a little less um, precious, like, oh, we had our first kiss and and it became more like, yeah, we made out behind the infirmary. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like this is very scandalous stuff. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's where a lot of the the love connections happened at camp was via the infirmary. So so we're both teachers and we have our summers off. Do you still still spend your summers at Camp Sierra Vista? Do you get there every summer? Um, I, I The last summer I was there was in 2014. Um, only because I I was at this... I'm at St. Andrews now, obviously. But um, before that, I was at a different school in San Antonio. And I actually ran their summer camps during the summer. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't go last summer in 2016 nor the summer before because I was running the camps both of those summers and I was very upset about it. I missed it like crazy. I still do. I still do. Um, But also in some ways, like I feel like um, I I really want to go back when I have like hopefully if I ever have a daughter, I really want to send her to Sierra Vista and I would love to go back and like work during the summer if I ever could to like even just a little bit to, to kind of be a part of those things again. I wouldn't, my, the only reason I, I say that is because my dad also, he, he went and worked at Rio Vista as a, as like the program director during the summer when Paige and I would go to Sierra Vista. And that was kind of a really neat thing to share. Um, but in terms of uh, at this point, I, I feel a little like I need to let, this sounds so stupid, but I need to let like the it doesn't sound stupid. after me kind of take that, you know? No, I, I was. I, I don't think that sounds stupid. It, it's. I mean, we totally understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it does. It, like, because I've I've been through that, right? Like, and it, it does feel like you're sort of like, oh, I'm such a martyr. I'm willing to, you know, step away or whatever. But I, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think, you know, the next generation needs to be put in position and given the opportunity to take a leadership role and, and put their imprint on the, on the camp. And no one's ever going to ask you to step away. Right. Like when you're, <laughs> when you're a longtime camp person, or maybe, maybe some people will, I don't know. Uh, but generally speaking, if you're a member in good standing, they love to have you back. So you sort of have to take it upon yourself to say, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back and let someone else have a turn. So I, I yeah. applaud that for what it's worth. Well, Michael has Michael might have an interesting perspective from his camp situation, not to kind of jump over to a different camp. No, perfect. Camp, I want to hear Michael's story. As a Boy Scout camp, they have a lot of people that have been coming back for, I mean, years and years and years, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so the camp, I, uh, well, I mean, I was a camper there first. Uh, it's in Missouri. It's called, it's probably like an hour and a half south of Kansas City. Uh, and it's called the, the H.O. Bartle Scout Reservation. And then there's three camps within that big, you know, uh, enormous wilderness uh, that, that they have carved out. Um, and so, so it's a, it's a really different dynamic than a lot of folks uh, who, who go to, you know, camp for the whole summer or that sort of thing. When you're a camper, you usually only go for about 10 days to two weeks. Uh, so it's not this huge experience. And, and uh, also, it's a Boy Scout camp, so there are boys there. Uh, not, not to say that there's, there's actually a lot of Boy Scout camps that employ both men and women. Um, ours was one of those and I don't really I don't really know how like why it happened this way but like we just didn't have any young women on our staff uh Mm -hmm. they were all uh I can remember one uh, I remember this one woman on staff (laughs) this one there was one person who was probably like 22 or something like that the only one I can remember in my seven or eight years on staff, and uh, she was pregnant by the time she left. So, <laughs> which hopefully means metaphorically that she was or literally, when she got there. Literally, uh, literally. <laughs> Metaphor- uh, oh. Yeah. No. That, so, did someone just, get uh, their badge for that, or? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, uh, I. I mean, that seems that's... like merit right there. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Uh, wow. You've got but it. Uh, so, you know, uh, these sorts of, that's, I, I guess, these but, sorts of things occur from time. But the reason I brought it up, though, is that a lot of the older, like, um, guys that used to always go to the Boy Scout camp, they'll still come around the whole summer. I mean, they, you guys would have guys helping out there that were well into their 60s and beyond, oh. right? <laughs> Yeah, there were there were guys who would who would come back um, year after year after year. I mean, and in some of them, it was like it was like a retirement activity, and they weren't the guys like teaching merit badges. Right. They weren't they weren't the guys who were who were like you know out there teaching knots or showing kids how to canoe or taking them water skiing. Uh, it was more folks who just like they wanted. They were just lurking. <laughs> yeah, mostly just like in the trees, just. <laughs> Uh, you know oh it's funny but it's really not funny and, uh... <laughs> boy scouts are serious about being boy scouts i mean my dad was a boy scout and he went to boy scout camp and i mean his most prized possession were all of his boy scout handkerchiefs and um and he just he loved everything about it so i feel like there are those those like lifer boy scouts those man scouts and so how many years did you go to camp and how many years did you work on staff there? So I went there, I'm trying to think, probably five or six years as a camper. Uh, and then and I was always go like the same week and with the same kids and you have the same counselors or it's like it's just a new bag of people every time. Uh, a little of both. Um, so always kind of a new uh, a new group that you go with. Um, there's there's going to be some some changes and some similar and some same kids, um, and same with the staff. You know, I think as with any camp, it's probably about the same in terms of the amount of turnover 
both in terms of campers and staff. You, you see a lot of new faces, a lot of old faces each time you go. Uh, so, but then I was on staff for, uh, I think seven summers. Um, and, and I was, uh, I worked as a merit badge instructor for three or four of those. And then I was a counselor and then I was the program director for a few summers. So what's your uh, specialty? What, what, what merit badges did you, uh, did you teach? So I mostly, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The mostly party didn't tell you about that. Story. Mostly, yeah, mostly OB-GYN. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I did really, uh, really sort of like adventurous, manly stuff, like bird watching, and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, environmental science and geology. It was, was we so had this. Cute. He had it up the nature. He was in charge of the nature lodge. There, it's adorable. It's just so, really adorable. We would, uh, yeah, we would like, you know, it's kind of cool run around the woods and catch snakes and like show kids what trees are and show them how to fish and stuff. This and is a tree. This is a tree. But I'm not sure. No, I'm kidding. Um, but one of the things I remember when I started dating Michael, we were in we were in college and we kind of had this conversation where for some reason we were kind of touching on the subject of of summer and I was like oh well there's like a camp I go to over the summer so I'm not going to be around a ton and he was kind of like oh good me too <laughs> I was like okay good we're on the same page there that's fine but I remember when we first started dating he uh he was telling me about leading up the nature lodge and he was uh I think getting he was, this is how I sealed the deal this is yeah, how he, obviously. He was kind of bragging a little bit and he said um you know I mean I have this CD of bird calls and you could, you could play any one of them and I could tell you what it is. And I was like, oh my gosh, let's do this. So he sat across the dorm room and I kept playing different bird call, uh, bird calls from, from his computer and he could, he could recognize all of them. But then he said, well, these are the Missouri birds. So Texas birds are a little different. I'll tell you what I'm picturing. Like, I'm picturing. Camp foreplay. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing this conversation and you deciding like, ah, maybe we don't want to be apart this summer. Maybe we could go work at one of the other camps. And you'd be like, uh, I could go to your camp, Michael. And Michael would be like, I don't think that's probably such a good idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no way. There's just absolutely. I, I mean, uh, it's, man, you get, you get all these, like, these, he, like, all these men around each other and like it's just it's just not a good wholesome situation like, oh <laughs> we oh, cannot wait to hear about it stories from michael's so camp experience. for for what it's worth uh we did actually uh speak with uh a, a, someone who went to uh, scout camp growing up back in episode nine jeff halliday so if anyone sure. wants to check out uh more about uh scout camp and the exploits and pluses and minuses of that um so we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, summer camp pranks because uh, when this episode drops, it will be a day or so before April Fool's Day. Uh, always a good time for, for pranking people or actually really a terrible time to prank people because everybody's expecting it. Um, True. But I think in, in thinking about on, on some of my favorite memories of camp and some of the hardest times I've ever laughed at camp, 
uh, pranks are always something that sort of came to mind. Uh, and so just wanted to, you know, ask you guys if you had any, any fun memories of, of pranks uh, either gone well or perhaps gone awry. Uh, and, uh, and Sarah, for you as well. Other Sarah. Uh, original Sarah. <laughs> podcast Sarah. I don't know. We'll try to figure out some way to, to distinguish the two of you. But, uh, yeah, so just wanted to hear any, uh, any fun memories that kind of came to your minds when you think about uh, some, some pranks. Yeah, um, after after we started talking a little bit about the theme of this episode, after you guys kind of filled me in, I uh, I was reminiscing with my sister because my sister and I always went to camp together, and um, and we were kind of talking about some of the best pranks. And Paige actually experienced probably most of the best ones, ones that her, she had a counselor that was often in her cabin that was really great at pranks. And one of my favorites was that she literally, uh, in the morning, yarned Paige into her bunk bed. So Paige was on the top bunk, and she got, like, a ton of yarn and just put the yarn all the way around her bunk. And so Paige woke up, and she couldn't move because she was yarned into her bunk bed, which I always think is just a really funny image more than anything else yeah. but they d- we did all sorts of goofy stuff like we got into a a prank war once with uh the the at my camp we have a couple of prank different wars. buildings that have cabins and one of the buildings um one of the buildings has a shared porch and two cabins off of that porch mm-hmm. one one is sleepy holler and the other is hooten holler and they used to get into a crazy prank war across the porch and um, I remember we'd like go in and mess with their stuff in all sorts of ways. And then we'd go on our overnight and the overnight, we'd just go up to this little campsite where we'd sleep under the stars for the night. And um, when we'd come back, we came back the next day and I remember Sleepy Holler had messed with our camp, like uh, with our, uh, with our cabin, like crazy. They had switched. We had some little dressers in our cabins next to our bunk bed. They had switched all the dresser drawers uh, like across the cabin so no one's clothes were in the right place and then they had moved all of our trunks out onto the porch and then they just strewn things all over our cabin switched the mattress so the mattresses they just literally picked up the mattresses and put them on different beds and so everybody had to like locate their sheets and then they uh then i remember this this was so traumatizing I had left my little my little stuffed animal that I always brought with me to camp. He's a, he was a little little dog, and they hung him from the <laughs> and had a note on like wrote a note on it's like mom, why did you leave me here? Look what <laughs> it to well, me. You should, in I was all fairness, you should have taken the dog on the overnight, Sarah. I have. That was a rookie mistake. That was a rookie mistake. <laughs> so traumatized by that though like I was, how could they do this to the the puppy's name was pepper by the way i was like how could they do this to pepper oh my goodness but then it got so intense to where you know because then i think we responded with you know there was at some point stacking trunks up uh and blocking like the bathroom because we had bath we, we had nice cabins we had bathrooms that were attached to our cabins and so we like stacked the trunks to like block the door into the bathroom and they had to like get all their trunks down and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but it got so intense at some point that we were that we were made by the director of the camp to do nice pranks and raids on cabins, which meant 
the oh. next time we came back from something, there was like a little note on my bunk bed that was like, you're great. Here's a, here's some candy, uh. <laughs> which is like kind of took away a little bit from the joy of it in some respects. But the, yeah, sometimes they got a little intense and then there'd be like some sort of daily uh, sort of things that one of the so like, you know, things I was asking about is like, can I tell this? I think it's pretty, pretty okay. But I can't we wait for this, just, by the way. Well, I mean, that's something <laughs> exciting. We used to just, um, during shower time at night, we'd wrap ourselves in our towels. And then well, this is all just on the girl's side. Wait, right? I just, I just want to interrupt for one second. Can you describe the shower situation at Camp Sierra Vista? Cause we're always interested if it's like a private shower or like a trough situation. Oh no, it's just total trough situation. <laughs> like there are, there is so in the bathroom there's there are like three shower heads within this just this big little or big little with this kind of shower room and okay. um you you just you just get used to it right you know and yeah oh yeah we we've yeah. talked about being naked at camp it's so like many, I like I just have it was funny I was on like no a school trip earlier and uh, earlier in the year when we went to Catalina and I was sharing with some other teachers and I was like trying to be like okay I'm not gonna like you know, you know, I'm going to go use the bathroom. And then one of the other teachers is like, uh, we all went to camp here. It's okay. Okay, fine. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, but the thing that, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So we'd, we'd wrap ourselves in our towels because lots of times there'd be a line still nonetheless. Like the minute we'd finish our evening activity, we'd sing taps. And, uh, the minute we finished taps, you could see people just sprinting towards their cabin to be the first one in the shower. Because otherwise- Did you not have a shower wheel? We had shower wheels at camp. We're like- Part, no, we didn't do that. It was like first come, first serve. Yeah, it was first come, first serve. Hold on, what is a shower wheel? I mean, I guess I can essentially gather what that is, but why? at our camp, well, in my cabins, we would have like a job wheel. And so the people with the crappiest jobs like had a higher number than the people with like the off job days or like the nice jobs at camp. So um, yeah, if you had like clean toilets for the day, you got number one shower. And so then it just changed every day and you just sort of went down the list. That's so the worse so your job was, yeah, the worse your job was, the higher chance you had to shower first yeah so earlier in the day when you were doing cabin cleanup and you were just you know wiping the toilets down you could say to yourself it's okay I'll i have for shower shower <laughs> now hold on yeah, no. No, we, should, we should totally do that at my camp but we did not do that we would just stand yeah. in line but the way we would pass the time sometimes is we'd grab ourselves in our towels and then we'd run around to all the different cabins and just st- just drop our towels and streak through and then go back out like no like and, and, and really, it became a thing where everyone was like, oh, yeah, there was streaking streak through. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was Mountain View. Don't worry about it. They were just streaking. Through. It's no big deal. Talk, like, about, very... talk about Mountain View. Hey, uh, Michael, uh, <laughs> yeah. question. Um, yeah. I'm, because we've got two two women here who seem like they had mm-hmm. to wait their turns in showers. Was that your experience at camp, too? Because we never, like, there was never like, a, oh, my God, there won't be enough time to shower. Like, I learned to shower... In Michael's like, 35 like we seconds. didn't shower. No, we <laughs> showered. Shower, boy, without. Probably. Uh, <laughs> so the shower situation in the in the staff area, the the kids. You're right. If you're a camper, you, you there's there's no way. You get you in, get you out, whatever. Um, in the trough, staff, was it a trough situation? Absolute trough situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
in the staff area, it's a little different dynamic. Number one, the, the staff shower in, in my camp was open air. Uh, so you get to shower under the stars or in a storm or whatever's going on, uh, which is, you know, uh, I think probably, you know, the, the pinnacle of living. Um, Showering in a storm. Is that even worth it to shower in a storm? What's that like? (laughs) It's worth it. Uh, But then, so the, it, it, it was a little tricky in, in our area because, under the Boy Scouts rules, you can't have people who are over the age of 18, 18 and over, who are considered as adults, showering in the same facility as people who are under the age of 18. People Good who idea, are- Boy Scouts. Yeah, they had one. Uh, and so they, um, and so since we hired staffers at 16, like you had to have this kind of a split. So like, what you ended up having was a bunch of 16-year-olds showering with a bunch of disgruntled 18-year-olds on the outside. <laughs> like, you know, if they didn't take long, if they were taking too long, they'd hook up the hose and spray them inside, you know, from over the top or dump cold water on them oh, or yeah. make their life a living hell for the rest of the day because they didn't get to take a shower. That very rarely happened. But, uh, you know, some days, like, talking about just, like, being, uh, doing things at camp that you wouldn't do otherwise, we would just, we would just take chairs up to the shower on really hot days and just, like, sit there in our camp chair. (laughs) While the shower is just, like, running over you. While the shower is just, like, hitting you and and just, like, like, yeah, and just uh, trying to cool down and, you know, you'd have, you'd have meetings in the shower. (laughs) It was too hot to be anywhere else, and so that's just where you'd hang out. And I just, I just have to ask: Were you like naked in the shower, or like you had clothes on and were in the shower? No, you're naked in the shower. Just naked meetings in the shower during the day on chairs. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, yeah. I so respect that. <laughs> of course, that you do. seems like such a camp thing. So we're going to have to stop here, Micah. We're stopping here because we had so much to talk about that we cannot possibly do this in one sitting. And we know that people are like already at work or they're already home or they're already like done cleaning their bathroom and they don't have time for this whole hour and 20 minute podcast. So we're going to break it up into two episodes. And I think that the next episode is going to be super fun because we're going to get into all sorts of pranks and really sort of talk about, um, we're going to dig deep and we're going to sort of get to the psychological root of pranking. And um, maybe I'll even learn to love pranks and find it as an expression of fondness. You think? I thought you were going to say, I'm going to learn to love. And I was like, wow, this really is going to be an extra special episode. I'm going to, I'm going to learn to love pranks. I'm going to learn to love pranks. Well, I think I've, I think I come to an understanding in the second episode of exactly um, what a prank tells you about how someone feels about you. And I think I'd never realized that before. So um, you'll have to tune in uh, to our extra special bonus part two episode uh, dropping in a few days um, on April Fool's Day as our special gift to you. And um, we hope that uh, you stick around and listen to it. And uh, we'll see you in a few days. Don't waste a minute, Micah. Don't waste a minute, Sarah. Happiness runs in a circular motion Thought is like a little boat upon the sea
Everybody is a part of everything anyway. You can have everything if you let yourself be.